Hi there, I'm James Dapache and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Today what we're going to speak about is someone who has published some material on their website, on Facebook and on Twitter. And the material that this person has published, and we'll get to the word published as we progress, says the honey that this certain company is manufacturing is toxic. Right. What the company says is no it's not. And so the company and the company's CEO decide to sue the defendant, which is to sue the person who's operating the website that published that material and the person who's in charge of the Facebook account and the Twitter account in relation to that material. Now, interestingly, the company and the CEO adopt a different approach and we're going to dive into the nature of that different approach now. The CEO sues the defendant on the basis that he, he's a natural person, has been defamed. He sues in defamation. And the nature of a defamation claim is that he's going to have to prove certain things in order to succeed. Now, the corporation, the company, the honey producing entity, sues in injurious falsehood. And it's not clear from the particular judgment, but uh, it would appear very likely that the reason the company goes for injurious falsehood and the CEO, the real, the real life flesh and bone person, goes for defamation, is that a company with over 10 employees cannot sue in defamation. So they have to go for injurious falsehood, which is, one might say, a little bit harder, but we'll get into the nitty gritty of that. So the proceedings are commenced. CEO going for defamation, company going for injurious falsehood. They file their statements of claim, the proceedings are rolling along. The defendant elects not to instruct solicitors and so is what we call a self-represented litigant. And so before the court is the evidence of what the defendant has said on uh, their website and on their Facebook and Twitter. And essentially the fundamental part is that the honey the company's making is toxic. There are also allegations specifically about the CEO uh, talking about inappropriate sex acts and these sort of inappropriate workplace things. There are allegations about conspiracies with judges. There are allegations about the role of a prominent business person uh, in relation to the honey-making corporation. And there are various imputations, which is uh, this area of law's way of sort of saying you know, negative meanings uh, arising from the publications. And the CEO and the company are saying, look, all of these imputations all of these negative meanings arise from what's on the website, what's been pushed out from Facebook, what's been pushed out from Twitter. Now, the defendant actually admits some of that in their defence and contests some other elements in their defence. But interestingly, the defendant does not put any evidence before the court that suggests that the honey is indeed toxic. And so there's no evidence before the court, thank you very, very much, um, suggesting that the honey is indeed toxic. And so the judge is left with the conclusion cheers, um, that looks all right, hey? Fantastic. Is left with the conclusion that the publications were not true. So we've got these publications that are not true. Let's go to the CEO's defamation claim first. Now to succeed in defamation, you have to prove material was published, and that has a specific legal meaning in relation to defamation. 
And in short, the CEO, the natural person, proves this, proves that by chucking them up on the website, Facebook, Twitter, and indeed the defendant admits this, uh, the imputations, sorry, the material containing the imputations was published. Second thing the CEO has to prove is that he was identified, and indeed he was. His name was used, his photograph was used. This is delicious. And those sorts of things, he was identified. The third element is that the CEO's reputation was reduced. Uh, now, uh, that was also found, and as you can imagine, the sorts of imputations like uh, inappropriate discussion of sex acts with employees and certainly running a business that was pushing out toxic honey and conspiring with judges, all of that was found to be uh, the right sort of imputation to reduce the CEO's reputation in the mind of right-thinking people. And so the CEO succeeded in his defamation claim. What that meant was that they received an order for $150,000 in damages and they also obtained an injunction preventing the defendant from publishing similar stuff with similar imputations in future. So that's a defamation, the CEO. Let's turn to injurious falsehood and the company. Now injurious falsehood is a slightly higher bar than for defamation. Firstly, you've got to prove malice. Oh, sorry, among the things you've got to prove is malice. And uh, the company succeeded in proving malice. In short, the nature of the publications and the way the defendant went about things was sufficient for that. And you also have to go and positively prove that what is said is false. The company comfortably did that. If you remember, the defendant put no evidence before the court that the honey was indeed toxic. And so what we have is our CEO via the law of defamation and our company via the law of injurious falsehood getting up, getting some damages and getting some injunctions preventing our defendant from saying similar things in future. And I hope that quick chat and this excellent coffee uh, assisted you and I look forward to chatting again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.